Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. This episode of AFK is brought to you by Linode, our cloud server of choice. Starting is easy. Servers start at just $5 a month. You can choose your flavor of Linux, then pick a location that's right for you. London, Tokyo, Dallas, anywhere in the world, they've got you covered. Go from having that amazing shower idea to a hosted website in minutes. You can start small and expand as your idea blossoms into a hit. Get the most out of your Linode with great add-ons like backups, block storage, DNS management, built in and professional services to help you migrate sites or even perform more complex sysadmin tasks. Head to linode.com slash changelog and get $20 in hosting credit. That's four months free. Once again, linode.com slash changelog. Changelog Media, this is Away From Keyboard, a show exploring the human side of creative work. I'm Tim Smith. About a month ago, I got an email from a man named Justin Dorfman, and I quickly realized that his story would be perfect for the show. Justin is a developer advocate for Sticker Mule, which, funnily enough, feels like a job that's taking over the world. I mean, I feel like everyone I know is in DevRel these days. Justin is a passionate marketer, but if you ask him, He'll tell you this isn't the job he thought he'd have. No, no, no. He was going to be a BMX superstar. My dad was always like, yeah, that sounds good. And my mom's just like the more realistic one, like shut up and go find something to do. (laughs) So I mean, from that, but it wasn't until like I discovered computers where I I just kind of became obsessed and I was like, okay, this BMX thing could work out, you know, being naive, but I could fall back on the computer stuff, I guess. But definitely going to be a BMX superstar. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously the BMX stuff did not pan out the way I wanted to. So it became computers and starting with web development and then went into IT and then into uh, a rack monkey, you know, putting servers in server rooms and all that fun stuff. And, and then my boss and my really good friend, David Hensel, saw me, you know, and he was like, you're not an engineer, you're a marketer. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a marketer. I'm going to, I'm an engineer. Like, I'm going to make this happen. You know, I was just like, how dare he tell me that I'm not an engineer? You know, and I wasn't, I was, I was struggling, you know, it was very, very difficult for me, but I liked it. I, I really, really liked it, but I didn't love it. Marketing was always sort of something I loved, but I didn't realize it was something that someone with a development background could parlay their skills into. Basically, what you are is you're you're part of the marketing team. To become a really, really good developer relations person or developer advocate or however you want to define it again, is you have to sell without selling. Developers just want cool stuff. And if it's free, awesome. If it has support packages that they can sell their company on, awesome. But it is forbidden for any developer advocate to directly sell. And uh, I think most of them uh, know that. Yeah. You know, I do really feel that that this type of position is born out of uh, the the feeling that we're kind of tired with the old ways of marketing something and and really that i think that comes down to so much more than just technology because if you know i've i've noticed that brands you know even in the mainstream 
are not marketing their products the way that they used to. The, the you know, like the celebrity endorsement doesn't work as much as it used to. They're, people are more interested in, in hearing from other people just like them. Tell them, hey, you know, this is, this is really cool. You should maybe check it out um, instead of, you know, being sold to, right? Uh, let's, let's dive into some of the more personal stuff. You know, you, you talked to me about the fact that 2014 was a difficult year for you. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, I bipolar one disorder. So in, in the year 2014, it was actually at OzCon and, uh, I, I was playing doctor and I was choosing which doses of medication I would take you know, so I could work 12 to 18 hours a day. But, you know, when I got back from OzCon, my hypomania, which is pretty controllable, you know, you you might be talking fast here and there, but you're just spending a lot of time working on things because you think they're great ideas and stuff like that, but you're actually getting them done. But that turned into full-blown mania where you're doing psychosis and you're seeing and hearing things that are not there. My hypomania turned into full-blown acute mania. I remember I actually had a call with Adam Stachowiak and um, I was talking a million words a minute and I just remember him telling me, it's like, Justin, I'm not following you, man. And I heard that a lot, you know, and I was like, okay, I need to do something about that. So I checked myself into a hospital and I was there for close to three weeks it was, you know, scary. You know, there were some people in there that I was just like, <laughs> they worried me. And especially my, my, my state of mind, you know, I was already paranoid and, you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was crazy. You, you said you have bipolar one disorder. When, when did you find out? I found out when I was 18, everyone said I was coming out of my shell. Cause I usually was, you know, I was emo but then over the summer, I was like Mr. Businessman, you know, putting deals together and this and that, like just talking a million miles an hour, you know, just it was just insane. I No one knew what it was. They just thought, oh, he's just getting things done or this and that. But after summer was gone, that's when my depression went in and I was in community college and I just couldn't deal. And I was very suicidal, you know, and it was scary and I, that's the first time I went to a hospital and they were like, oh, he has bipolar one disorder. And it didn't ever really sink in until 2014, you know, because I always thought like, yeah, I, I might have that, but I can still do things my way. So did you not take medication or what do you mean by, you know, it didn't really sink in and I, I wanted to do things my way? Yeah, like I would stop taking my medication one time. I would drink, which you're not supposed to do when you have bipolar disorder. I would smoke pot, which you're not supposed to do when you have bipolar disorder. I thought those rules didn't apply to me. You know, I was like, oh, I, I can I can handle it because for years I, you know, I thought I was handling it, but I really wasn't. Coming up, Justin talks to me about some of the daily challenges of having bipolar one disorder, the stigma around mental health and getting help, and what he does to stay healthy. This episode of Away From Keyboard is brought to you by Hired. One thing people hate doing is searching for a new job. It's so painful to search through open positions on every job board under the sun. The process to find a new job is such a mess. If only there was an easier way. Well, I'm here to tell you there is. Our friends at Hired have made it so companies send you offers with salary, benefits, and even equity up front 
All you have to do is answer a few questions to showcase who you are and what type of job you're looking for. They work with more than 6,000 companies from startups to large publicly traded companies in 14 major tech hubs in North America and Europe. You get to see all of your interview requests. You can accept, reject, or make changes to their offer even before you talk with anyone. And it's totally free. This isn't gonna cost you a thing. It's not like you have to go there and spend money to get this opportunity. And if you get a job that are hired, they're even gonna give you a bonus. It's normally $300, but since you're a listener of AFK, they're gonna give you $600 instead. Even if you're not looking for a job, you can refer a friend and Hired will send you a check for $1,337 when they accept the job. As you can see, Hired makes it too easy. Get started at Hired.com AFK. From Changelog Media, this is Away From Keyboard. I'm Tim Smith. So in case you didn't know, I have anxiety disorder. What Justin said about feeling like the rules don't apply to him hit close to home for me. I feel like that all the time. And probably worse, I forget some days that I even have this until it's too late and I'm already feeling terrible. The reality is that there are rules to this. And coming to terms with the fact that they do actually apply to you isn't easy. It's really simple to just be like, there's rules here, but they don't apply to me because I'm not like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the different type of bipolar. <laughs> you, know, you, just, you find all these like ways to justify right. it. Like, no, I could, I could drink because I'm only drinking after work. It's not a big deal. It helps me go to sleep. Like just keep on right. finding like ways to like justify that it's okay. And I got to the point where I just said, I never want to deal with that again. You know, I spent nine months out of work. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't like some like one month thing. Like it was five months of mania. I mean, that's just insane. For those who know what mania is, I mean, your spending is astronomical. I mean, I was in a lot of debt. Your ideas are really wild and you're taking on more things than you can handle, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not a superpower. It's very destructive. There was certain places, like there was a cigar shop I used to go into all the time. They told me to never come in again. And it, 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 it hurt, you know, like I understood, look, even at my, you know, at my worst with my mania, deep down, I understood why they had to do what they had to do yeah. because, you know, they have customers going like, what the hell is this kid doing? So I understand that it still hurts every time I like, I pass by it. I'm like, God, that sucks. You know, I would like, I'd like to go there, but I can't. How, how have you dealt with the fact that you shouldn't be drinking? Because I feel, uh, a lot of times people don't know what to do with that statement of, I don't drink like, especially in our industry, you know? Absolutely. You know, it was very easy for me because I told myself, I'm never going to go back to that hospital again. That got me to be like, as much as I love single malt scotch and, and rusty nails and, and craft beers, if it means that there's a possibility I'd go back to that place, then I'm not going to go there. I don't want to be one of those people that say like, I don't drink, so don't order me anything. You know, like making it like a big deal. I just really just think, oh, hey, I'm just going to get Diet Coke. Uh, it's, it's just my uh, what I want. So you don't tell people that you don't drink then? No, if they ask me enough times, I'll just be like, I'll just tell them like, hey, I have bipolar disorder and I can't risk it. I try to make it as least obvious as possible. Like I just go like for a, oh, I'll just have a Diet Coke right now. I notice that if you say right now, people don't question it. Do you, do you feel that that is a, do you feel that that is a consequence of the fact that most people react 
badly to hearing about mental illness? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, it's got such a stigma on it. And I, I, even though it's, it's been a lot better, you know, there's been a lot more people coming out, even in our industry, but there's just certain people that you know that you're like, I'm, I'm just not going to talk to them about it because they don't seem like judging by other things that they say. They're not open-minded. Like someone who used to be in my life years ago was convinced that it was all in my head and I should be taking my medication and this and that. And I just told that person, I said, look, go break your legs and go run a mile. And if you say you can't do it, just snap out of it. And, <laughs> you know, so yeah, it, it got him like more hostile. And I was just like, he just doesn't get it. You know, so it, it, it's yeah. fine. And, you know, I, I, I had to not have them in my life anymore, which is fine. How are you? How are you making sure you stay healthy these days? Well, I, I've been sober for four years. I'm, I don't like telling people that. I'm just saying it on the podcast because you just asked. But so sobriety and um, therapy. I do therapy twice a month, um, mm. which is really necessary. Like I used to think like I don't need it and it helps me kind of clear my head. Because a lot of things with like bipolar people, whether they're medicated or not, they still have the tendency to overreact on things. I mean, okay, I can't speak for every bipolar person, but bipolar people I know in myself, uh, it's easy to get into a hamster wheel of thoughts of really irrational things. And therapy definitely helps you put it on the table because for the most part, there's really no judgment, you know, it's just a tool that I use. And trust me, if I didn't have to do it, I, I would love it because I'd save a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just I notice like my whole goal is how do I stay out of the hospital? And this is how. Yeah, I, I'm just I as someone with anxiety and I, you know, I'm I'm formally diagnosed with anxiety disorder. I always find it fascinating how the things that the things that are are there to help us feel better are often the things that uh, have so much stigma around them. And we come back to the fact that, you know, some of us need medication. We need that. It, it, it is what helps us feel better. Um, some of us and I would argue, actually, most of us need therapy. Um, that is something that helps us feel better. Right. And and when someone has knee surgery and they need to go to physical therapy, nobody questions why they're going to physical therapy. Right. It's just, oh, you know, they, they need that. Um, and yet for mental illness, uh, there is still so much stigma around the basic things that help us to feel better. Yeah, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. It's just because it's a, it's invisible for the most part. You know, like people people could see a broken leg and go, oh, wow. God, you must be in so much pain, you know, but if someone is in crisis mode in, in, with with severe depression and thinking about jumping off a bridge every hour, you can't see that. So it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to feel bad for this person because I don't even know they're in pain. So I get it. Um, and I think it's just, you know, more people like yourself and I, I just uh, I think the more the more the merrier. Right. Right. Um, how are you feeling these days? I'm, I feel pretty good. I mean, I, I'll be honest, like the knee surgery has definitely 
taken a lot out of me, especially with the uh, physical therapy. You know, that's that's tough and this and that. But luckily, it hasn't really uh, put too much of a look. I, I, I'm not happy about sitting on the couch at night and not being able to do physical activity. You know, I, I like to do laser tag. You know, I like to do ride my bike. I, I like to do things, but I can't do them. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, but I'm not depressed. So mentally I'm I, for the most part, I'm fine uh, because I'm taking my medication. I'm staying sober and uh, I have, I am doing some physical therapy or some physical activity through the therapy and I'm doing my psychologist therapy every other week. So for the past four years, sure, there's been ups and downs, but nothing like they were uh, at its worst. That's and that's that's a lot. Of, that's something that I had to learn, you know, because like I thought, oh, well, if I take my medication, everything should be fine. Like that's the silver bullet, but that's a problem. There is no silver bullet. That's Justin Dorfman. You can find him at justindorfman.com. Justin has some lessons that he learned throughout his experience. And if you're curious, I would really get in touch with him to hear about them. AFK is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Tim Smith. The beats are from the one and only Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Smith Timmy Tim on Twitter. You can find the show at AFK underscore show. Thank you to our sponsors, Linode and Hired. Our bandwidth, as always, is provided by Fastly. Learn more about them at Fastly.com. We move fast and fix things here at Changelog because of Rollbar. Check them out at Rollbar.com. And we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to Linode.com slash Changelog. The day Justin found out he needed knee surgery, uh, naturally, he was feeling a bit glum. So he did what a lot of us do and decided to listen to some music. Except there was a bit of a problem. Spotify was logged out. I I had to use Facebook to log in. Since I don't have Facebook on my phone, I haven't checked my Facebook notifications forever. And I was going through my notifications. I was like, oh my God, wow, I should probably log on more. I saw this one and I was like, huh, that girl looks very familiar. And I clicked through her photos and she had one of uh, her knee in the same pretty much the same brand that I used. And I just messaged her. I was like, hey, so what are you doing Saturday? So I added her as a friend and that's how we became friends. So between my knee, Spotify being logged out and uh, Facebook notifications not being checked in a while, that's how I met my girlfriend. I'm Tim Smith and this is Away From Keyboard. Thank you.